There we go. Now we're working. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let me have my list right there. Let me minimize that. And all right. You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. This is Bonsai Retro Club. I am Dave. Online, I have got Suzanne. Hey. And Scott. Hello. So, listener, what we are going to do for you is that um, the idea came about. Unfortunately, Rose brought up this idea, and she's not with us today. Uh, so she had another commitment. So this is unfortunate, but because it was such a great idea, we, we're going we're gonna to run with it anyway. Uh, the idea is... You know, from our retro decades that we cover, 70s, 80s, 90s, what are what five movies are our personal favorites that we could not live without these movies? Uh, and so each of us are going to take our own turn. Uh, and so we're going to you know divvy this up into three different episodes. Uh, so we're starting with me. Uh, so my personal list. So wait, let me let me clarify. Okay. We can pick we can pick from all three decades, correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. Just, just making sure. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yep. So get down with your bad self. Yep. The movies that I'm going with, uh, I'm going to list them all, and then I'm going to go in depth on each one, you know, for a few moments. Uh, War Games, Real Genius, oh. Pulp Fiction, The Matrix, mm. and Batman. Ah. Uh. So I jumped all Very over exciting. and all that. Stuff. Not necessarily in that chronological order. Yeah, that's not chronological order at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, board games, uh, in a lot of ways, I attribute that to my affection for the IT industry and kind of what, kind of my gateway drug into getting started into computers. Um, so you know that was a very influential movie for me, and I I, I don't know if. My, how my life would have been different had that movie not been around and influenced me that early on. Uh, Real Genius, uh, I just think is in my you know in the 1980s of you know my favorite movies. It's got to be in like the top three movies. This is just my favorite one. I would I never get tired of watching this movie. It's so hilarious. Um, I really enjoy the hijinks of Val Kilmer. Um, so. Yeah, very well done. Uh, Pulp Fiction, to me, not only is the movie you know just great from a storyline you know, story perspective, but putting the segments together as it was, where the movie didn't go into like a chronological timeline, and you kind of pieced together, it was so wonderfully done by. Um, uh, how come I forgot the director's name? Please help me out. 
Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, thank you. I, total mind <laughs> fart right there. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, Tarantino just, I, I, he nailed that. And, it, you know, not only was the acting so well done, but just having this nonlinear timeline of a story was just so phenomenal for me and so impacting. Uh, the Matrix, uh, you know, to me, this was, you know, the, the fantasy world of, you know, suddenly, you know, what machines could do to us in the future. It's, it, you know, I mean, sure, you could have gone Terminator with that kind of thought process as well. But the whole idea that we're just batteries for machines is mind boggling and just so crazy. And I love the cast of this movie and I can watch that one over and over again. Uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up with my possible favorite Batman movie of all times. And that's the 1989's uh, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson version of Batman. I've told the story many times, but, you know, in the late 80s when I saw this the first time, it was the summer of Batman. You know, the Bat Emblem was all over the place. I went to the San Diego Comic-Con, and this is where I really started to understand what Batman was supposed to be like because I had the pop culture influences of, you know, the 66 Batman and uh, the um, Super Friends. So that was my what I thought Batman was supposed to be. But then when that screen came on and then you saw Michael Keaton in the very dark image of Batman and then going to the Comic-Con and seeing reading a graphic novel uh, by Frank Miller um, once again Dark Knight Returns it was mind-blowing to me and now Batman's been you know has become my all-time favorite superhero uh, because of that influence in 1989 uh, so that's those are my picks um, Suzanne if you had to uh, pick one of my five to expand on that, like was influential for you in some way, what, mm. which one would that be? I'd have to pick the matrix. The matrix. I'd have to pick the matrix. Okay. Yeah. That, the, it, that was, uh, the concept I think was way, it was beyond brilliant. Uh, and I think it was a, a very well executed film that, uh, uh, you know, even to the point where, I mean, this was sort of a new concept. Like, you couldn't really make this movie in the 1970s. I mean, you you could have a certain amount of imagination as to to what the future of the digital world would be. But this was very specific to, uh, you know, it was it was a little grounded in, in the reality that was just coming to be at the time. Uh, I also remember that... It was a, one of the earlier movies where I saw them using the effects that they did where the people were on wires and just had that very surreal feeling of they could bend any rule and uh, of, of physics. Uh, it was, it was uh, impressive, and it was new. Both the concept was pretty new, and the visuals were very new. I had you know, maybe seen it in, in maybe two other movies, maybe Crouching Tiger. And I think they had done a few like flips like that in a Charlie's Angels movie or something like that around that time. But it was still to the point where you saw it and said, wow, isn't that cool? And and with everything going digital, that doesn't happen all that often. You know, it's that moment when somebody thinks of that new cool thing to do is is really uh, something that's very exciting. So 
this the whole concept of being able to kind of reimagine the world uh and the fact that you had to in order to make it realistic for people because they're in this battery state they had to make it a flawed world that really got me you know like to me that was a very dark statement about the human race but something that like you could almost feel would be true or would be necessary you know like we just have that in- instinct to have nightmares to somehow practice um even in our sleep and our our dream states to practice getting out of terrible horrifying situations so that was just also psychologically uh cool and twisted but yet like felt real so yeah i, I don't want to take up all the time no no i, I, I... You know, I'd forgotten the aspect of, you know, the visuals as to how impacting that was because I, you know, when we got to this movie and we saw, I think they call it bullet time, uh, where when he's on the rooftop and he's getting shot at, but it slows down and you see, you know, it's tracks all the way around him, like, you know, in like a very fluid motion, you know, and that was like a bunch. really come up with that technology, right? Right. So, um, so yeah, and not only was the story phenomenal and what you're saying, but also the visuals of how it was presented was yeah, very... really set it apart for that yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Scott, from my movies, what's your uh, which one's the most impactful for you? Stand by. I uh, did not say stand by me. Stand <laughs> no stand by just stand by. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I wasn't ready. Um, okay. So I was trying to I was trying to pull up a a recording, but I couldn't get it to do. So I'm just gonna go with. Um, you have some great freaking picks here, man, and it's really hard to to uh, kind of just pick to on choose one. one. Like yeah. like pull like Pulp Fiction is great. I would say of the five, my least. My my le- not I'm not gonna say my least favorite, but my like lowest on my level is Batman. Okay. Uh, the Matrix is the Matrix is amazing. Uh, Chrissy and I often mention little moments that happen in life that are just really weird, and they become what we call our Matrix moments. They're just coincidences that that seem to be a glitch in the Matrix. Right. And and so we we go with them. One of the dogs is whining. Sorry. Um, uh, real genius, you know. Let's get some popcorn going. <laughs> <laughs> right there at the end with the, uh, the finale. Lots of yeah. it. Yeah, lots of popcorn. Uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. We already had like a full podcast on, which was just one of my favorite uh, movies, also. Uh, but That's I'm gonna. I, I have to go with War Games as being the most, the most impactful. And and I know I added, you, you had a conversation with um, Creed Stonegate about War Games that I wasn't yeah. able to be part of, and I added in a little, a little commentary at the end of that episode. You know that you were able to add on afterwards. War Games was so powerful, and. I still see weird little references to it in in today's TV and or, or not references to it but but things that connect my mind to war games like the computer being the 
the one that takes over. Right. Um, I'll give you an example real quick. I'm watching my, my wife and I have been binging Madam Secretary. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so into that show now. Love that show. I'm still on first season. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh dude, it gets way better. <laughs> um, there's there's a point where there's there has to be uh, uh there there's AI involved, okay? And and it makes me think. I'm not going to give you no spoilers or anything. There's just AI involved. I'll just say that. Okay. But it really makes me think back to like, wow, this really reminds me of war games. Like the like the the concept of it, and uh, it's just it, war games was so powerful at the time, and loving the book, you know, the book, Ready Player One, not so much the movie, but the book, Ready Player One, with their references to war games and the whole thing that they go through with the, you know, he has to go through the the initial sequence of getting through the actual movie and being able to rattle off the, the, um, the dialogue as they're going. It, it just, it, it's super awesome. Um, Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy and war games. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, it really does hit home as one of my all time favorites. And I'm surprised this did not come, come up in my mind as one of my five. <laughs> that movies that I can't can't do without because I've watched it so many freaking times. I had it loaded on my iPad and ever or iPod, right? And I would watch it every time I got on a plane. That's the movie I'm watching. Well, no, I, I there's there's two movies and one of the other ones on my list, so we'll get to that later. So if, next, uh, if some I, other episode. If I told you I had actually written another movie down uh, and then replaced it with Batman. Could you? What do you think that movie would have been, uh, Suzanne? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't think that you would replace Batman. <laughs> well, I mean, before I thought of Batman, like once once I thought Batman, then I put it in. Um, there. It was like yes, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, knowing me for what the past year, I'm just wondering if you had a guess as to what you think would have been a movie that I would have had. And maybe, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe. Nope, um, not really uh, that big into horror movies. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't mind them, you know, but they're never really my go-to genre. Um, Scott, what do you think? This is where you're trying to get into the mind of Dave White. <laughs> so, <clears throat> circa 2014, I believe it. Uh, a guy by the name of Dave went on to a podcast and discussed a certain movie and the breakdown of the characters uh, that were representing that movie. And I think that was the breakfast club. No, that one didn't even cross oh my, my mind. God. Did not even cross my mind. Like that is what puts you into the podcasting realm. I know, dude. I know, but it did. <laughs> John John that. Hughes didn't even cross my mind on this list. Wow. That's crazy, right? Wow. No, the movie I was thinking of was Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Oh, wow. Well, that, that's pretty poignant, too. That That's uh, okay. It's a very good, very good. I guess I should have guessed. Anything Star Wars. There had to be something Star Wars in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then another passing thought was Back to the Future. 
You mm. know. And, oh um, wow, that like that didn't even hit my radar. So it's like yeah, you know see? this could have went so many different <laughs> ways, right? Yes, it is good. This is good. I like it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I you know. It's like I started to put the list together, and and honestly, there's a lot that's going on this uh, this evening where I didn't have a a, a, t- a chance to really, you know, concentrate and sit down. So this list was really just fabricated in let's say ten minutes before we start talking. Um, <laughs> I just did mine now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you know, because I haven't had a you know a time to really sit down and reflect on it, then I think. Had I had that that opportunity, then we would have had a lot bigger, you know, it would have been a, a lot more in-depth, you know, thought process around what's on the list. Um, it's hard to narrow it down. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the whole premise of what five movies in the world could I not live without? And, you know, my mind started racing to things like Saving Private Ryan, um, you know, and, you know, even movies that I may have just seen once. But I, you know, they're really impactful for me, um, you know, and this is a, this wouldn't be on my top five. But, you know, for a moment there, the thought Schindler's List came on in my brain just because that movie is so impactful for me, um, you know, and but it's not something I'm going to watch over and over again because it's not that kind of movie. Um, but, you know, it's like I can't, you know, how how powerful that movie was. You know, and or Saving Private Ryan, same thing, you know, and that one I'll rewatch. But um, or, you know, maybe even a Forrest Gump, throw a Forrest Gump in there. Um, But I don't know. Is that 90s? 90s? Yeah. Um, But you said 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There were there were a few that came to my mind that turned out to be like early 2000s. And I have to cross them off my list here. Right. Mm. And I'm, I'm trying to vary it. I could pick five just from the '80s, no question. You know, it's it's hard, uh, but I, I wanted that, to vary it a little bit. So. I, I, and that's the same thing I wanted to do. I wanted to have like a little bit of each of the decades represented, but my list is obviously heavy '80s, '90s. You know, not so much '70s. Yeah, I really don't have anything in the '70s, but I definitely. I at first when you threw this out there because I was distracted with some other things going on i thought it was just 80s like what 80s movies can you not live without so i uh, my first list was 80s okay but then when we started talking once we got on the phone you kind of expanded that i'm like oh okay there's two that are in the 90s that i have to include and i kicked off a couple others from the 80s yeah it'd be interesting to find out what got kicked off um well i i deleted them so i don't know (laughs) <laughs> you don't you don't remember <laughs> it no, was I moments remember. ago <laughs> no i remember you know it, i'm struggling looking at the list because if, if it, i was like trying to in my brain think if i had to prioritize these you know like of these five which one's number one in my mind mm-hmm. um it's oh. so tough to do it is so absolutely tough to do um i even now just trying to you know come up with that concept i really you know i, I start leaning one way and then i go a different way you know because i like you know the comedy of real genius or i love the influence of the it you know uh, the computer world with war games uh hey. batman mm-hmm. i you know i can't can, deny so can i can i jump in real quick you said real genius yeah 
and and I know this is this is a crazy like random random thought, but do you think Chris Makepeace could have played the role uh, the not not Val Kilmer's role obviously, but the role of the awkward kid in that movie? He totally he totally could have done that. He would have nailed okay. it. All right, I, I think that would have been a good. Well, wait a been, minute, wait a minute, wait. He, he would good. have been he would have been too old for that at that point. I think. I don't know. Really? I don't well, know, what man. Year was that? Like that's like eighty two, eighty three. It's not long after my bodyguard or meatballs. Okay. But yeah, I guess if you yeah, would that was have... a college movie. I mean, so. come on. Right. Mila Kunis is like, you know, she's like. 20 late 20s when she started that 70s show and she was playing a 16 year old wonder what chris looks like nowadays now mila kinese was underage when she did that role she lied to them about no her. way yeah. you're kidding me i Who, think she was like age? yeah shut up she was underage yeah i thought she was older than that well my my mistake i have been corrected which is not <laughs> uncommon but that's not yeah. But that's not to say that there's there's plenty it's of. It's not unusual are, no. to be yeah. wrong for me. <laughs> no, no, but uh, well, only in that instance. But the point <laughs> that you were making, in other words, was they could, especially I think, uh, it wasn't until the '80s that people were playing roles that they were actually their own age. Um, before that, young people. I mean, look at Greece. <laughs> Oh, my in God. decades before that, it Olivia was you know John people in their thirties playing teenagers. Well, how, how old were Olivia and and John Travolta when they played in Greece as high school kids? I think she was at least like twenty six, and I think Stockard Ch- Ch- uh, Channing was like thirty. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely the oldest of the bunch. So Chris was born. She, she, yeah, Chris was born in sixty four. Okay, and what about the? Uh, I can never remember the lead Mitch. actor's name. Mitch. No. Well, that was his character name. Mitch. Uh, yes. Yeah. What, what was his? When was he born? Well, that's what I'm looking up. Uh, Mitch, real genius. Now, see, I was born in 1964, and 1982 was my freshman year of college. So that was Gabriel Jarrett. He was born uh, 1970. Hmm. Okay. January 1st, 1970. Look at that. Man. New Year's, baby, uh, at the beginning of a decade. Gotta love it. New decade, baby. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that, you know, that that's actually a, uh, a fun thought to end on. You know, what if we started uh, the thought process of, you know, the people that were in the movies that I picked? You know, what would it be like if they had different actors? Uh, and I think in this particular case that the suggestion you, you brought up, Chris Makepeace would actually do really well in that role. I'm just worried right, about if he would have been. Yeah, he's kind of you know he he played awkward really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my my only thought was maybe he would have been too old for what that role was trying to represent because he was like a very young guy, you know, thrust into a college atmosphere because of how smart he was. Right. Um, okay. Right. So. Got it. Um, but anyway, I think that's a good one to end on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to remind everybody we have a website out there. That's bonsairetroclub.com. Please go on there. There is a link that says Team Bonsai, and it has uh, 
a little write-up about each one of us, Scott, Suzanne, myself, and Rose, uh, and also links to our social media stuff. So on there, you can get to us on our, uh, our Instagrams, our Twitters, our Facebooks. Um, so please go out there, connect with us. If you want to drop us an email, that's mcfly at com. Uh, if you want to give us a rating review on any of your podcast platforms, we'd appreciate that. And, you know, hit the little subscribe button. Um, that'd be mucho appreciated. Uh, and uh, this is us signing off. So uh, as we do at the end of these things, we just want to say uh, please continue to be excellent to each other. And uh, since we have no idea when you're going to listen to this, have a good whatever. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, Daniel said. Hey, Bonsai! 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 Bonsai!